my beautiful audience, and boy, it has been a long time since I've said that, which means I haven't been here for a little while. I don't think I've put out an episode for like two months, so uh, sorry everybody for being such a douche, but I'm finally back and here to bring you all the creepy pastas you know and love. Well, actually a lot that you probably don't know, because I usually pick them at random, like today. Kind of at random, but kind of not. This is going to be kind of a Christmassy theme show because it is December. I love Christmas time, and I have two Christmas creepypastas to share with you. But before I get into all that, I'm going to share with you all the stuff I've been kind of watching, reading. Well, not all of it, but some of the main stuff. So I'm pretty big into graphic novels, as you guys know from many of the episodes I've talked about them. But I've just discovered the world of manga. I used to walk by the manga section in the bookstore and be like, wow. What is that? Only nerds read manga. But, little did I know, manga is filled with delectable secrets and hidden mysteries. Yeah, that's right. I said mysteries. But if you're going to get into or manga, whatever it's called, yeah, manga, if you're going to get into it, I would strongly recommend starting off with the Death Note series because Death Note is already done, so you can buy them in these awesome black-bound, um, I guess it's two copies in one. So you get volume one and two in one book for like 16 bucks. Not too bad. But Death Note follows this guy, Light, who happens to find a Death Note, which was dropped by Ryuk Ashinigami, which is some sort of death god. And any name he writes in this Death Note, uh, the person will die. So it's pretty cool. You can kill people you don't like or just kill all the criminals, which is exactly what Light is aiming to do. But, but there's always conflict. But a detective is pretty hot on Light's trail, and the detective's name is L. That's right, just L. I haven't found out his real name yet because I'm only four volumes in, and I can't read the rest of them because I was an idiot and put them on my Christmas list, so uh, I I didn't want to buy them for myself when I had them on my Christmas list, and I already know some people have got me volume three and four, so I kind of pushed myself into a corner, but it let me check out some other manga, so I started reading Attack on Titan, read the first volume of that. That one's pretty cool. not as into it as I am in a Death Note. Same with Dead Man's Wonderland. I started that one as well. In um, Attack on Titan, it's uh, there's these giant Titan things that, I guess, kill and eat people. And, yeah, they break into the city and fuck shit up. That's all you need to know about that one. Go read it. It's super popular. Also, Dead Man's Wonderland started that one. Also not as good as Death Note. But it's all right. It's kind of intriguing. This uh, kid gets, I guess he's like, must be... 13 or 14 he's in junior high and he gets blamed for the murder of everyone in his class when this red god of some sorts just comes in and murders everyone so he gets sent to this place called dead man wonderland which is an amusement park completely filled with uh prisoners and there's like crazy games they play that they die in kind of like death race except obstacle course no cars but that one's pretty cool um if i was to rate them death note one check that one out first uh second i'd probably check out dead man's wonderland and then attack on titan all pretty good though all pretty good but that's all the time i'm going to spend talking about manga but you know you should check some out because it's pretty awesome decently cheap and good stories you know Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about video games now because I bought Fallout 4 the night it came out, and it is amazing. First off, um, I went to the midnight release with one of my buddies, and so we get in there, we stand in line, get there about an hour early, get our Tim Hortons and everything because we're Canadian, and uh, there's about probably 50 people in front of us. We're like, shit, this... But it's not, I guess it's not too bad. The line ended up being like double or triple, so we were kind of in the middle. 
But the line's moving along pretty slowly, and then we notice uh, somebody about three people behind us is, like, gagging, and we kind of hear, like, a puking sound. We're like, what the hell? So we turn around. Sure enough, uh, somebody is throwing up right behind us in line. Me and my buddy can only assume it was because of the immense excitement they were feeling towards the game. Like, oh my god, I can't wait to play Fallout. That's uh, that's what I believe was going through his head. And if not, I'm going to remember it that way because I find that more enjoyable. But when I brought that game home, I probably would have vomited in my mouth if I knew how much fun I was going to have. I'm completely obsessed with this game. I'm like level 37. I actually haven't played it in a couple days. No, that's a lie. I played it last night. But before then, it was like a couple days because kind of bouncing around with a couple jobs. But they took everything from Fallout 3 and improved upon it, including like uh, you get a companion that you can swap out. Either I have a dog. I have this guy named Hancock because he kind of makes me laugh and he's dressed like a pirate from like the... I guess 1600s. I don't know when pirates were around. I'm not very good when it comes to history. But my favorite companion's probably the dog, because somehow, even though he's a dog, he can carry like 10 times the weight of everybody else. Doesn't make any sense, but make sure you check out Fallouts. Uh, also, you can like uh, create all these settlements everywhere and then like build defenses like turrets and stuff and guard posts, which makes like a new added element to the game, which is super fun. And the storyline's pretty damn good too, so probably the best game I've played all year and I'm going to continue playing it probably until it's dead and I can't put it in my PlayStation anymore. So yeah, that's enough about Fallout. So I also tried the new zombie mode on the new Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Actually, I'm currently wearing a Black Ops 3 shirt, but I don't own the game. I played it at my friend Dan's house. You know Dan from a Pop Culture Combo podcast, if you listen to that. And it didn't seem all that special. I thought it would be a lot more fun. Um... It was like, it wasn't not fun, but it wasn't like as good as uh, World at War Zombies where you're just like, I like the bare bone essentials. Like you have a couple guns and you have the mystery box and you have a small space you have to defend and just defend it as long as you can. That is fun as fuck. I don't like how when it gets all complicated and stuff, but that might just be me. Might just be me. I'd still probably check it out. I'll probably buy that game later on. Probably one more zombie maps come out. And yeah. Boy, my transitioning is just flawless today. I think you've probably heard enough about me talking about the stuff I've read and played and such. So you know what? I think it's time to get into a segment that I'm excited to do. What could that be? Huh. Could that be our horror fix? Horror fix. Horror fix. So today I don't want to do too long of a horror fix, considering I know you're all itching for some creepypasta, because I haven't read any in a long time. Goddamn AJ, right? God damn it. But I just wanted to talk about a couple movies coming out. In fact, one that is just came out, it is Krampus. Oh my god, have I been waiting for this movie. So if you haven't heard of Krampus, um, the movie is starring Derek from Step Brothers and Champ Kine from Anchorman, which is amazing in itself, so they're going to bring some awesome comic relief. It's also directed by Michael Do- Do- Dougherty? Daughtry? Doherty? It's probably Doherty. Michael Doherty. He uh, directed Trick or Treat, which is one of the best Halloween movies of all time, and also he dire- or he wrote uh, Superman Returns, which happens to be one of the worst movies of all time. But enough about that. We'll get back into the movie. If uh, you don't know what Krampus is, he's kind of the complete opposite of Santa Claus. He just wants to bring death and destruction on Christmas. And he has crazy little critters that help him do so. So 
it's just going to be Krampus terrorizing this amazingly hilarious family. And if you don't want to see that, I don't, I don't even think you should be listening to this. Krampus is the exact kind of movie that we all wish would be made more constantly, at least at that high of quality. But yeah, if you're looking for a crazy, awesome, scary Christmas movie to watch this holiday season, you better go check out Krampus. And if you check it out and like it and just need more Krampus action, there's actually a graphic novel put out by Legendary, which is the film company doing Krampus. And they have one for Krampus and for Trick or Treat, which was the movie I talked about earlier that was directed by Michael Doherty, one of the best Halloween movies of all time. So go check those out because they look awesome. I skimmed through the Trick or Treat one and yeah, looks pretty awesome. Just a bunch of crazy tales on Halloween and then I'm assuming on Christmas as well. Another movie I am extremely excited for is The Forest, which is coming out, I believe, January 6th. And it's starring uh, Natalie Dormer, who is from Game of Thrones and Hunger Games. And she is pretty fucking awesome. But if you haven't heard of uh, the suicide forests in Japan, uh, this movie is kind of centralized around that. There's these forests in Japan where people go every year and commit suicide, so much so that there's like suicide prevention signage everywhere in the forest but they find like at least like 30 bodies a year it's crazy i think in like uh 2004 it was they found 108 and 54 in 2010 with like another 150 in 2010 where they didn't commit suicide but were considered suicide attempts i don't know they think uh this forest is haunted with spirits and such but this natalie dormer's sister she some for for some reason she's like oh i'm gonna go into these suicide forests because that's totally a good idea and she ends up i guess dying or getting lost and natalie's like oh i need to find my sister in the suicide forest and i'm not leaving until i find her so that story in itself is going to be entertaining enough for me it's most likely going to suck because most movies like this they get an awesome backstory and then just put a bunch of cliches together in a really shitty horror movie with jump scares and stuff but I'm just hoping that they really do something different with this one. I mean, it looks creepy as fuck. The trailer looks pretty good. And it has a really awesome backstory. So hopefully it's good. And if not, I'll be pissed. And, uh, well, one last movie I want to talk about. I didn't really plan on talking about this one. But I was just thinking about it because I was on Popcorn Time the other day. And it was on there. And I was like, oh, what is this? The um, I think it was the Stanford Prison Experiments or something. And... It's based on a true story where back in like the, I think it was the 80s or 90s, uh, they did this experiment in Stanford where they took a bunch of students and made half of them uh, pretend to be prisoners in a prison, and the other half were guards. And there was supposed to be no violence or anything, just kind of go through the motions. And it was a study, just a study to see how these students would react in the setting. And shit just fucking goes down. So I didn't really look up the director or anything or who's starring in it. I just saw the trailer a little while ago, and it looks pretty cool. So maybe I'll watch it and talk about it in an episode coming up. Maybe do a little R&R on it. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, just if you're interested in any of those based on true story type things, uh, check out the Stanford Prison Experiments, I believe it's called. If not, then I don't know. You'll find it. You'll find it on the interweb somewhere. So I think that does it for our horror fix today, and we shall be reading some stories pretty soon. Uh, Also, we have a rate and review of the horror movie A Christmas Horror Story, so you have that to look forward to. But both these stories I'm going to read are both Christmassy. I haven't read them myself, so hopefully they don't suck, and hopefully they're not parody creepypastas. I'm just hoping they're good. 
The first one I'll be reading is called Christmas. Very intriguing. And the other creepypasta is called Haunted Christmas. Now, I couldn't find the author for these guys, but maybe I'll find it before the episode ends, and then I'll tell you who wrote them. So, let's get into it. We're going to start off by reading Christmas. I could never sleep well in hotels. I guess that's somewhat of an understatement. I could never really sleep well in general, but hotels were the worst. Just the thought that the previous occupant of the bed was a complete stranger was repulsive in my mind. But that's besides the point. I'm getting at how the lack of sleep in hotels changed my life. It was Christmas time, and we were spending Christmas in a shitty hotel and not with family. Great. Don't get me wrong, it's not like I didn't enjoy the all-you-can-eat buffet of soggy hash browns and grits for Christmas Eve dinner. Of course the first snow of the season had to cancel our flight down to Virginia. It was Christmas Eve, and I was trying to sleep in this bleach-saturated room. My mind was wandering, and wondering what happened in here to cause such an excessive amount of bleach. The room was nothing out of the ordinary. Two beds, one for me and my dad, and another for my sister and my mom. A bathroom, and a stained microwave that looked in need of a good dusting. Somehow I escaped the room, and the stench of bleach, into a dreamless sleep. Waking up, I could tell it was early morning. My dad was next to me snoring, and he usually wakes up before 4am. That's when it hit me. It's Christmas, and I was about to let this bad fortune ruin my favorite holiday. Looking across the bed at the clock to check the time is when I noticed it. The silhouette of a man about six foot three across the room staring at my mom asleep. Still half asleep and caught up in the moment, I couldn't help but thinking of Santa Claus. I realized how stupid the thought was, and horror soon filled my head. I choked back a shriek. I knew I couldn't let him see me awake, so I quietly put my head back down, pretending to sleep. My mind was racing. Someone was in my room, and I couldn't do anything. I was a scrawny 16-year-old. This man looked built like an ox. I wondered if I could wake my dad up in time, but I knew that wouldn't work. He slept like a rock. A bucket of water couldn't get him up fast enough. I was practically in tears. I'd never felt so helpless. For a second time, I choked back a scream. He was standing next to me. I could feel and hear his repulsive breath on my face. It smelt like he'd been eating rotten meat for a week now, with no thought to brush his teeth. If he didn't know I was awake, he surely did now, after seeing that my face was contorted in fear. The breathing stopped and I couldn't help the sigh of relief. I would have kicked myself, but there was no need. I heard the room door open and close. I launched out of bed. Nothing in the room was in disarray and my family was still asleep. That couldn't have been a dream. I couldn't have imagined it. Feeling awake as ever, a horrible idea popped into my head, and before I could push it away, I was pulling the door open. Glancing back to the door in order to memorize the room number, I saw the giant spray paint black X on the door. Had I seen this without prior experience, I probably would have thought it was just some stupid kids. I knew better, but not enough to know what it was for. My heart skipped a beat. There he was, turning the corner at the end of the hall. Why am I doing this, I thought. I tailed him down to the parking lot. He was nowhere in sight. One moment he's walking out of the lobby, the next he's gone. Realizing how cold it is outside, in paper-thin pajamas, I returned to the lobby. No one was around. Strange. I could swear there's usually a night concierge. Adrenaline wearing off, I realized how stupid and rash my actions had been. He could have killed me. I cursed myself back up the stairs. I knew something was wrong when I got to my floor. The door to my room was wide open, 
I hadn't left it that way, right? I walked inside and after a quick search of the room, I determined it's safe and my family was still asleep. I locked the door and got back into bed, though I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. I listened to my dad get up and eventually my mom followed, but I still pretended to sleep. A few hours passed and my parents got my sister and I up. We got into the car and made our way back to the airport. Digging through my bag to grab my iPod led to the finding of something that hadn't been there the previous day. It was a note that simply held five words I still think about to this day. I knew you were awake. It's now been two months since the hotel experience. I'm still scared for my life and it gets worse every day. The note I found wasn't the only one. I still receive them to this day. Now, I don't know if it's because the story was in the holiday spirit. I don't know if it's because I haven't read a story in a long time, but I fucking love that story. I mean, it's creepy as shit, and it's probably because it's just so real. Like, you never know what could happen to you in a hotel, and there's always those strange stories online and stuff of people getting their stuff robbed while they were just out of the hotel for a little bit. But what really drives the point home is the fact that this kid is still getting notes from this creepy fucking guy from the hotel. Ugh, I got some shivers, got some shivers, I thought it was a pretty good one, but I always give them a rating out of 10, so you know what, I think I'm going to give this one an 8. It was a good story, Uh, I wish it was a little bit longer, I mean, it was a pretty short one, probably like 5 minute read or something, not even, but it was enjoyable, enjoyable, could have been a bit longer, I would have liked some more detail on these creepy fucking guys, Uh, maybe they'll write another one, expand upon the idea, I don't know, but it was pretty good. And with that being said, let's move on to our next creepypasta, shall we? This one is called Haunted Christmas. The soft thud of following footsteps echoed behind him as he hurried through the snowflakes towards home. They kept pace with him, quickening when he quickened and slowing when he slowed. It was creepy. His flesh crawled at the sound and he sped up, cursing himself for walking home alone after midnight Christmas mass. Normally not a pious man, the middle-aged bachelor had suddenly been struck by a wish to hear the old Christmas songs sung once again by a church choir, and he had walked across town to attend the service. Now he regretted his choice as he passed dark house after dark house in the snowy night, and the footsteps always followed. He sped up until he was nearly running and skidded into the street. A few more paces brought him to the bottom of his front steps, and he dashed up them. He realized suddenly that the following footsteps had ceased abruptly. He glanced behind him at the cross street from which he had just turned and saw only a pair of footprints in the snow-covered street when there should have been two. He frowned in puzzlement and then shuddered as a cold breeze struck him, driving snow against his collar and slammed against the door. The freezing white powder seemed almost passed through the door, but that was just superstitious nonsense. His hand was shaking as he unlocked the front door and hurried inside. He expected black nothingness, but was delighted to see the yellow glow of firelight coming from his study doorway upstairs. His old housekeeper, whom he thought would be firmly asleep in her attic bedroom, must have lit the fire pending his return. He shrugged out of his coat and paused for a moment, amazed to find it was still warm and dry, though he had walked for more than a mile through a snowstorm. It was almost as if he had been walking in a bubble of calm air, though he remembered the soft snowflakes hitting his face when he first stepped out of church just before the mysterious footsteps could begin. His shudder was interrupted by a shout of greeting as his old friend Andy came hurrying out of the study. His whole face lit up in a grin at the unexpected surprise. 
The two men shook hands heartedly and retreated back to the warmth of the firelight, talking so fast they stumbled over each other's words. Andy had left town years ago to take a government job in DC, and they hadn't seen each other since. Nearly an hour passed before it occurred to him that his guests might be hungry. His offer of a meal was instantly accepted, but Andy was unwilling to leave the comfort of the fire to eat in the kitchen, so he jogged downstairs alone to fetch some food. He didn't wonder at his friend's reluctance to join him in the kitchen. Andy had looked very pale and had kept shivering with cold while they talked. He hoped his friend wasn't ailing for anything. A few moments later, he was back with warmed up meat and potatoes and a couple of glasses of beer, apologizing profusely as he handed Andy's plate for the mismatched dinnerware. Andy just laughed and hunkered down to eat. When they were both finished, he showed his friend to a guest room and then tumbled into his own bed to sleep, all his apprehension caused by mysterious footsteps forgotten in the visit of his friend. He jumped out of bed Christmas morning and dashed immediately downstairs to the guest room to rouse his friend. Andy wasn't there, and the bed had not been slept in. He ran down to look in the study, but Andy wasn't there either, and one plate full of food was sitting on the end table beside his old friend's chair. It was completely untouched, though he'd seen Andy eating from it the night before. Skin creeping at the thought, he ran to the kitchen and asked his housekeeper if she'd seen Andy. But the housekeeper had seen no one either the previous night or this morning. He flopped down on the bottom step of the staircase, completely baffled. Where had Andy gone? It was a mystery that plagued him all Christmas Day, and he did not enjoy his holiday dinner at all, a fact that annoyed his housekeeper. He was awakened the next morning from a restless sleep by the sound of the front doorbell. He stumbled out of bed and was splashing water from the bedside pitcher onto his sleepy eyes when a knock came at his bedroom door. When he answered, his housekeeper handed him a telegram that had just arrived. As she hurried back downstairs to prepare his breakfast, he opened it curiously, not knowing who would be telegraphing him so urgently. As he read the telegram, he started to tremble. The message was short and to the point. It was Andy's family. They regretted to inform him that his old friend Andy had passed away on Christmas Eve in his home in Washington, D.C. He sat down hard on the bed, the telegram fluttering away from his hand. It must have been Andy who had followed him home on Christmas Eve. That would explain the eerie footsteps and the dry coat in the middle of the snowstorm. He must have spent Christmas Eve with a ghost. Yeah, that was pretty good. Not bad. Pretty much your classic Christmas ghost story. I wasn't a big fan of the last paragraph where they felt the need to explain to us um, that he spent Christmas with a ghost. It's like, oh... That would explain the eerie footsteps, the dry coat in the middle of the snowstorm. He must have spent Christmas Eve with a ghost. As if we didn't all come to that conclusion already. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Could do without that paragraph. It would have been better if it was just like, and he had passed away in his home on Christmas Eve. That would have been better. But you know what? I like the story. It wasn't as good as uh, just Christmas, the previous creepypasta we read. So I'll probably give this one like a 6, 6 and a f- 6.5. It's not really telling me a story I haven't heard before. This is uh, one that has kind of been done. But I did like how they kind of just jumped right into it. Like, uh, right off the bat, the soft thud of the following footsteps echoed behind him as he hurried through the snowflakes towards home. Just kind of jumps right into, like, the scary parts and lets you just be like, oh, what's going on? So I did like that. So definitely... Definitely a decent creepypasta. I'm glad we didn't get any shitty ones today because I hadn't done an episode in a long time. But, yeah... That's uh, good luck for us. But can anyone guess what time it is? 
Oh, it's time for a segment I haven't done in a very long time. It is time for Rate and Review. So for this segment of Rate and Review, I'm reviewing a horror movie, a Christmas horror movie, that is actually called A Christmas Horror Story. So if you haven't heard about this movie, you're probably not the only one. They're definitely, they definitely made this movie to cash in on the fact that Krampus is being made because this seemed kind of like just a, a ripoff. But you know what? It was pretty damn good. It had William Shatner, which made me laugh. And he plays like a radio DJ. Pretty much has nothing to do with any story. He's just kind of commentating. It's, I don't know. It's that part's weird. But so this movie is, uh, it's based around uh, four stories, all that take place on Christmas Eve. Um, one's about a family that sees their son possessed by some, I guess it was like some creepy elf thing, and it happens while they steal this Christmas tree because they're dumb. And uh, the second shows a group of teens in a documentary-style uh, movie, like just the found footage type thing, where they break into their school on Christmas Eve. I don't know why. That seems kind of like a stupid idea. And in their school, uh, the year before, there was like a grisly murder by one of the students who killed a bunch of other students. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they needed to go there on Christmas Eve, but whatever. Third story, definitely my favorite. Um, there's... It just follows Santa, and all of his elves turn into zombies, and they try to eat Santa. It's amazing. It's just Santa kicking elf ass for, like, the whole time. Pretty cool. And it also has a pretty awesome scene with uh, Santa versus Krampus. And then the fourth story is just a family being completely tormented by Krampus. So all the stories kind of, like, tie in together, but it had an ending that just blew my mind. I mean... Before the ending, it was like, okay, this movie's okay. It's probably like 5.5 out of 10 worth. But this ending alone, twist ending, that makes this movie like a 7.5 out of 10. So all in all, it was pretty awesome. I mean, the first story, um, the one that was about the family whose son turns into like, or gets possessed by like this little creepy demon thing, that one's pretty good. Uh, If I was to rate the stories, actually, I'll just do that instead. The worst one was the ones with the teens at the um, that broke into their school for some stupid project. I don't know. But that one wasn't very good, so it gets fourth on the list. Third on the list is the story where Krampus is just fucking shit up and murdering a family. So that one, the story was pretty good. It kept me entertained. The second best one would probably be the one with the little demon child tormenting his family. Well, he's pretty much just tormenting the dad because... This kid's a little shit. And then the best one is the one with zombie elves attacking Santa. I mean, I never thought I'd see something like that, and yeah, blew my mind. Zombie elves attacking Santa, and it had one of the best twist endings ever. So you better watch this movie. So as you heard a little earlier, I probably gave it a rating. I gave it 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Definitely worth a watch. I would recommend watching it with friends, though, so you can kind of make fun of the random stuff going on. But it is definitely a good Christmas horror movie to watch for the holiday season. Because there's, like, not many Christmas movies that are, like, horror-themed. Like, A Nightmare Before Christmas, that one's pretty good. Um, Yeah, that's the only one I could think of. That one and now A Christmas Horror Story and Krampus, which I will see in theaters and talk to you about. Ooh, how exciting. But I think, you know what, that does it for this episode. Um, It's not as long as I would have liked it to be. Hopefully I get some more episodes done for you guys, because... I've been slacking, and you guys deserve some more episodes. But there's one particular episode I'm going to be doing for you guys. If uh, you're a fan of Goosebumps... Oh, I saw the Goosebumps movie, by the way. 
awesome. Has a girl from Workaholics. Uh, I'm just getting off off subject here. Okay. Uh, an episode that'll be coming to you guys this month will be another Christmas themed one. I have uh, the Goosebumps more and more and more tales to give you Goosebumps, which is ten spooky stories all related to Christmas. So I'll probably read some of those stories to you because they're awesome. I mean, the more tales to give you Goosebumps is bunch of short stories in the Goosebumps, and Goosebumps are amazing, so why not share them with you guys? And if you guys have already read them, you'll get a nostalgic feeling of your youth of reading Goosebumps. So that'll be coming this month as well, because I can't do that any other month, because it's Christmas-themed. And you all know I love Christmas, so I will most certainly get that done for you. But that does it for this episode of Pass the Time Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Pass the Time Podcast, on Twitter at Pass the Podcast, like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Pass the Time Podcast. And I think that's all I really have to say. You could, I guess you could check out our YouTube page. Our YouTube page features a couple of stories I haven't read on the podcast, including a little pink backpack, which was one of my favorites. It's like probably a three-minute story, and it's got the pictures and artwork from it. So check that out. Pretty sweet. And hopefully I got some more content for you guys. But you know what? While I'm gone, try not to have too many nightmares, my friends. (laughs) 